Welcome to the very first episode of the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, your source for comprehensive coverage in the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, This week, we will be having an in-depth discussion of Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, the newest film from Marvel Studios. So please uh, stick around. If you haven't seen Marvel uh, Guardians of the Galaxy yet, uh, you should probably watch it before you listen to this podcast because we're going to spoil it for you. Right, Jeff? Absolutely. It's very important that you watch it. Yeah. As well as all other Marvel things. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to kind of all of the Marvel things. Yeah. There's pretty much, uh, we are going to talk about the entirety of the universe. There's other podcasts out there um, that touch on uh, one one aspect of it uh, or the other. I really want to delve deep and like just talk about the broad scope of the universe. So, interconnectivity. Uh, interconnectivity. Uh, my name is Matt Carroll. Uh, what's your name? Oh, I'm Jeff Randall. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for this is our first podcast so it's probably going to be a little rough we're just going to fumble through it with you um, it's like a, you know first time with a new partner fumble through things I'll fumble through things with you stop whispering into the microphone it's really creepy Jeff you like it <laughs> a little bit <laughs> um, anyway so uh, normally we'll start out the podcast with some news uh but I think the most of the news that we're going to have this week is we have a new podcast. Yay! Yay. Um, <laughs> oh, 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 slow clap. Right, I should join. Yeah, yeah. It's too fast. Too fast. Slow it down. Uh, slow, there mm, it is. Mm, God, mm. get that sensual clap going. Ooh, we synced up on that one. <laughs> Interconnectivity. Inter- <laughs> it all comes full circle. Just like the MCU. It's too early for callbacks. We're only in the first, like, 30 seconds of the podcast. <laughs> um, just like, I know comedy. There's the thing called callbacks. Um, so what do, you want, what do you want to do on this podcast? What are your goals for this podcast, Jeff? Uh, probably just talking, mostly. But um, yeah. the things that I enjoy <laughs> talking I, about... I can't convince you to dance a little for the podcast. I mean, if you had a camera. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next week will be a video podcast, and uh, <laughs> Jeff will be dancing. You're welcome. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll use the camera from your Kinect and do some uh, Just Dance 2014 stuff. Yes. That'll, that, we'll try to get that onto the... Uh, Put a link. Onto the onto our Facebook page, which we should have by the time this comes out. Um, check us out on Facebook. It'll be Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. Yes. Um, check us out there. We already have a WordPress, and it's uh, mcucast.wordpress.com. So go there, subscribe, all those good things. Anyway, the things I want to talk about. Yeah, what's your, what do you want to talk the, about about the Marvel Universe? Well, the Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah. in its own little time stream so to speak is uh it's a whole lot of fun mm-hmm. visually and it's getting a lot more people that weren't originally into marvel comics or into marvel stuff it may not be bringing them to the page it may not be bringing them to the local comic shop but it's at least getting them interested in the characters and that's that's a whole lot because recent news when in comics thor is now gonna be a girl a lady Gonna be a girl now. Gonna be a girl. A lot more people are interested in that news than there would have been oh, yeah. before Who, the MCU. No one would have, you know. There would have been like, who's Thor? Isn't that a god from like Norway? It is amazing what the MCU has done with their properties over the last, you know, since 2008. Um, 
they they've turned their B team into far surpassing their A team. <laughs> like yeah. what was their A team in comics and in comics and in movies? The uh, Thor, Iron Man, Hulk, and Captain America have become the A team now. Um, I mean, if you're a comic book fan, you've known those characters for a long time. Even the casual knower of of, of comic book things, honestly, like myself, uh, I guess to give a little background, I, I grew up reading comic books, and I, I was more into I like I loved collecting cards, and I collected like uh, Marvel games and things like that, and Marvel cards, and uh, I, I loved reading the comic books, but I never was that in deep with with Marvel. Um, I, I I am a newcomer. I'm one of those newcomers that uh you all all, all you deep deep fans probably hate a little bit because like you're our Marvel. It's our Marvel. Uh, well, I, I'm it's everybody's Marvel. Marvel now. That's right. You're you're more in deep though. You're you're yeah. I I didn't like forever. grow up with the comics. I grew up watching the X Men series. You may remember from '92 to '97. You exactly every freaking Saturday morning came screaming down the hallway because X Men was coming on. So I grew up with that. I grew up with the other. Um, animated things like the Spider-Man animated oh, yeah. series, I which was so animators. good. Yeah, but those are the ones that I grew up with, and that's what everybody has said is the Marvel A team in movies for mm-hmm. the longest time because they're the ones that make money at all <laughs> until now. Until they're <laughs> getting their tails handed to them, yep. their asses kicked. Sorry, I'm on another podcast that is a clean podcast, so I'm used to uh, uh Can I can I say myself? F that? I think you can. Well, I say we keep it PG-13, because Marvel okay. stuff's PG-13. Okay, so, so can we bleep that? I can bleep... We can bleep right? all the f***s. Okay. But we can still say f- Oh, right. See, that way it sounds more organic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm used to saying... So I was like about to say ass-kicked, and I was like, uh, get their tails handed to them. What? That's <laughs> they, not a phrase They're I running use. away whipped and beaten like <laughs> the... Scared dogs that they are now, right, guys? You get it? When Drax calls Gamora a whore, I lost it. I lost it. I heard it the first time, but I watched Guardians again the second time today. Yep. And when Drax calls Gamora a whore, and then I was like, right after what? that, he just no. blows the shit out of Nebula. He's just, he's just boom. Nobody talks to my friends like that. And it's like, but you literally you just, just did. You just were way worse. What I love about that scene, though, is that he just. This needs. There needs to be a spoiler in here yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, we should stop. Uh, I was just. I, I couldn't help but bring up that one joke. We're we're pretty much. We we've told we told you that we've got a podcast. It's, it's going to be coming out weekly. We'll be talking. Uh, I guess real quick. Let's just tell what we'll be talking about. Uh, we'll be talking about this year. This year, there's so much Marvel coming so out. So much um, Marvel. Not not just the, the, in, the, in the next year. It's so marvelous. Up until May, we've got. An entire season of Agents of Shield, a short season of Agent Carter, um, which you haven't—if you haven't heard about that—is is huge uh, and exciting. Um, a um, Age of Ultron is coming, which man, oh, oh my! Oh, um, everybody's chomping at the bit for that. There's a few things that I have bad to say about it, but that's just nitpicking. Yeah, yeah. Really? Um, well, I I look forward to hearing you nitpick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> The uh, then the um, the thing that I'm most excited about 
probably is the Netflix series. Yes, even all more so than than Age of Ultron all because five of them, really. five of them, really. Yeah, yeah. they're going to be putting five Netflix series uh, on Netflix. And original report said in 2015, but I know Daredevil, the first one, comes out in May. So I don't know if yeah. they're going to. I don't know if that's going to happen all in 2015 or not, but what, the release dates haven't been released for all of them yet. But I'm I'm so stoked for those because Netflix has been batting a thousand, and so is Marvel. And oh, putting yeah. those two things together is pretty awesome. Like you got what House of Cards, Orange is the, New, the Black. New Black, Arrested Development, which uh, yeah. you know some people did or did not like that last the, the, that season. I thought it was pretty great. They definitely were trying something different. Yeah. Um, so so there's this all this great TV coming out of Netflix and now you've got and then Marvel you've got teaming Marvel up with Marvel just being and amazing five series in one year I yeah. mean come on <laughs> and the amount of things that they can do with the freedom that Netflix gives you like Orange is the New Black would not have been able to be on any kind of network television at all that would have been an HBO or Showtime series oh, yeah, period sure. but the amount of freedom that they can have from mm-hmm. doing that is incredible like I Daredevil mean, can kill people like I, he's supposed to I'm really wondering if how much they're going to take advantage of that and I yeah. I hope they do as an adult who wants who would love to see as much as I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe every every movie has been good um uh and and some of them have been amazing. Um I uh sometimes I feel like they still are they have kid gloves on. Yeah. And I would love to see the with the Netflix series them go all out, you know, make a violent adult show. Um but I don't know if they're going to do that because then they alienate their their child audience, you know. Yeah. I'm I don't know what they're going to do with that. I don't know, like I would think that the people that identify with heroes from Hell's Kitchen, which, I mean, that's a gritty part of New yeah. York. Like, the people that identify with that understand that that kind of crap happens. Like, mm-hmm. that that's life for them. That's like living on West End for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm curious. I heard, a, I heard a piece of news this week about uh, those series, and I heard that they are... Looking for parts of Hell's Kitchen that still look like old New York, like old Hell's Kitchen, mm-hmm. um, to film in, and I and also just heard that they're going for like a '70s style with that with that series. Now, what that's made me think: Do you think they're going to do a period piece with those? Luke with those Cage, four? Luke Cage origin story, like before he goes to prison. Likely. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know Luke Cage. Tell me, you're the comic guy. Tell us who's Luke Cage. Luke Cage <laughs> is. Um, Power Man, right? Power Man is his is his alter ego. Um, he doesn't always use Power Man. Like there are a few comics where he says, "Don't call me Power Man. That's dumb." Yeah, but call um, me Luke Cage. Yeah, the guy from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> That's right. That's the one we're talking about, right? Yeah, Luke Cage um, is just he's a large oh, African American fellow. Johnny, Johnny Cage, Cage. Is Johnny the guy Cage. From Mortal Kombat. You I just goof. like to pretend I'm I'm even worse at knowing Marvel things than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want the real big like Marvel geeks to be just like mad at me already. <laughs> like, and I don't use that derogatory. I'm jealous of those of you who know that much about Marvel. Uh, I, I wish I'd stuck with it as a child and all the way through. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know as much as as self-respecting Marvel super nerd should know. I mean. <clears throat> 
Full disclosure here, I read a lot of Wikipedia. He looked so ashamed. He looked so ashamed. But yeah, uh, Luke Cage gets his powers somehow while in prison, I think. Or okay. he goes to prison it, before really, he becomes it, a hero. He's like a 70s based yeah. character. Yeah, he goes to prison, loses a little bit of touch with reality, comes out, you know, wanting to to do good because basically everybody that he's known that was like his friend, quote unquote, kind of just screwed him over. And he's just like, you know what? To hell with these guys. I've got unbreakable skin. I'm going to go be a hero. I've got super strength. I'm going to punch people through walls. Wow. That's awesome. And he's best friends with Iron Fist, who is like the most calm Buddhist guy ever. Interesting. I love Iron Fist. That's so cool. That's going to be a really cool uh, pairing. I bet. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder how much they'll cross over in their respective shows before the Defenders comes out. Which, I. For those of you who don't know, there's going to be four series: Luke Cage, uh, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, and then they're going to come together for an Avengers-like situation with a four to eight part miniseries called The Defenders. Yes. Yes. And I'm excited to know. That uh, Doctor Strange was one of those members. Oh, I, uh, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, and Joaquin Phoenix is going to be playing Doctor Strange in the upcoming movie, so hopefully... He shows up. He shows up in the series. That would be amazing. And I would be, you know, four years ago, th- two years ago, I would have been like, there's no way they're going to have a big star show up on these Netflix series. But, like, right? <laughs> the, the, Netflix has been getting so many, so much talent. Um, that I'm really, it's totally possible. I mean, yeah. Kevin Spacey, Kevin um, Spacey, and and now now having, uh, I hope I hope uh, Frank Underwood shows up on the. Uh, <laughs> I, I hope I hope that House of Cards ends up being in the Marvel universe. <laughs> totally you want him to be the senator that replaces the Hydra agent? Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> that I want, would be great. He, he would totally be a Hydra agent. Come on. Yeah, he would. God. Hail oh. Hydra. <laughs> Don't be saying Hail Hydra. Oh, my bad. Don't be doing that on this podcast. <laughs> He'd be all like, <laughs> this guy has the best ribs. Hail Hydra. It's <laughs> 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 exactly what he would do, and you know it. Thank- I, Why, thank you, Freddie. Hail one, Hydra. I will we'll get to the top and murder everyone. Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. As they always say, cut off one head and two more shall take its place. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. That's such a good idea. Like, like what if what if they had retroactively, like, they'd come up with the whole House Let's of Cards. Let's retcon it's House just of like, Cards to be in it. The end of the third season, he just hails Hydra. Like, that's the... <laughs> That's the the payoff to this big it's the whole tie-in. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a Marvel tie-in we never knew about. Right, that's that's <laughs> the new Winter Soldier tie-in for, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, holy crap. <laughs> that would be so good. All right, so, um, yeah, let's get back on track here. <laughs> um, so, as, as of right now, I guess we're going to declare spoiler alert. <laughs> we should have done that a while uh, ago. Well, we haven't really talked... We're mostly talking news right now, which we've yeah, talked about. The, we've it's talked true. about the shows we haven't seen yet, but now we're going to talk about a show we have a movie we have seen, which is Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy. So this is spoiler alert for Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, yeah, so you know, don't don't listen anymore. Pause here. Stop now. If pause, you don't yeah, want pause, any kind of go to the theater. Go to one of those five dollar matinees right? that they have. 
Those are great. I went to see Guardians again today just because it was five dollars. <sighs> and uh, I went to this cheap, this cheap theater on the other side of town. The Edge. The Edge. The worst. The um, best. It's called the, the worst. Cheapest. The worst twelve. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, the worst cinema 12 um, yeah it's uh, in the middle of Guardians um, and now that we've given the spoiler I'll just go ahead and say it the scene where Star-Lord is holding onto Gamora and she says to stop using his pelvic magic on her uh, during that scene the uh, trailers came on again <laughs> over I don't even know how they do this over the top of the, like uh, there were two images, there were two images as superimposed one? on each other. Oh man! And it was just like <laughs> suddenly the, it wasn't even trailers. It was like the cheesy commercials before the movie oh, starts. Man. So it's these really bad commercials, <laughs> and it's this great beautiful. So it was scene. like the twenty or whatever it was for Regal. Yeah, whatever, whatever they call it. <laughs> You've just, been watching the twenty <laughs> like before the movie. You should show up early. Local. It's like I showed up on time. I don't want to watch this garbage. <laughs> I don't want to have my mind poisoned with this. Um, I love, I love how when you go to see, go to those theaters beforehand, they have this whole like it's like there's a separate entertainment industry that just funnels <laughs> into that. They talk about move, they talk about shows and movies and music, especially music especially. that I have never heard of and will never hear of again. It's <laughs> well, I mean, you're gonna go to a theater again, right? You'll hear of it again. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's the thing. You go there and they're like, the number one hit this week, blah, blah, blah. And like, no, it's not. I've never <laughs> heard that song, nor has anyone else in the theater. Like, you, someone paid you to say that in the theater. I know what's going on <laughs> number here. Number one on what? On your playlist? <laughs> yes. <laughs> number one. And by that, I mean first song on our playlist. <laughs> We rotate it. We just kind of hit shuffle, and whichever one starts playing first is that's number one this number week. One this week, oh man! So Guardians off topic again. Yeah. So let's uh going back to what I was saying before. We tried to stop for spoiler alerts. Yeah. I love how Drax was just like nobody talks to my friends like that after he just like shot the living shit out of Nebula, just right. blasted the hell out of her. And I love that that even happened that way. She shows up, she says like two words, she doesn't get the monologue because Drax uh-huh. is just like F- you bitch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what I really liked was that I don't think he was carrying a rocket launcher before that moment. He was. Was he? Yeah, he was. Straight out of the ship. Okay. All right. I just didn't see it. I don't know if it was slung behind his back. <laughs> it looked like... I didn't know if he picked it up off one of the soldiers on the ground. Oh, that would have been great. Uh, but I just see him. I see Nebula saying crazy shit. And then I see him fire a rocket <laughs> at her. Out of, like... And then suddenly out he's of holding, nowhere. Suddenly he's holding a rocket launcher. I was like, what? What? What the hell did that happen? <laughs> Where the hell did that come from? Is this now a kung fu movie? <laughs> it was so good. Okay, so let's uh, let's let's do a little quick breakdown of the plot of Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, everyone here has seen it. If you haven't, let's give you a quick rundown. If you have, let's just talk about it a little bit because I it again. freaking loved it. So the story begins: a young Peter Quill in 1988, uh, sitting in a hospital. His mother is dying, and his mother tells him that his his father was a being made of pure light uh, right before she dies of cancer, and he's listening to his Walkman, this really fun 80s pop music. 80s, 70s, and 80s pop music. Just the soundtrack of this movie. Yeah, the stuff that he said that his mom brought him up on. Yeah. Like, all that good shit. That was some good shit. Um, And 
you, you think his mom might be a little crazy or something, the way she's saying his, his, <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was born of a being of pure light. His the father. drugs have taken me, boy. <laughs> the, drugs, the drugs had kicked in. Um, uh, by the way, the second time I watched it, I think I cried more. For the first time, I didn't cry, but God, I, I, ooh, it was, it was close. Right? It was real close. The first time I didn't either. The first time I was like just kind of getting close, like oh, that's so sad. The second time I was just like, I was, I was, that, I was, I was that tugged on my heartstrings real hard. Yeah, for sure. It's kind of like an up, right? Up, up right? Was a sad first movie. Five minutes, and now and Agreed. Again, Disney up was a sad movie. Uh, and this is spoiler alert for Up, but uh, <laughs> at the end of the movie, when he opens the book and sees her adventures and it's all the life she spent with him, yep. Yep. Uh, through the whole movie, he's holding that book, but he doesn't open it. Every time that book shows up on screen after I'd seen the movie, the second time I watched it, it brought me to tears. Like that book <laughs> thing just tore me up. I was just like totally. Uh, anyway, anyway, let's get back to some Marvel. Um, <laughs> he he runs outside after his mother dies. His mother passed away, and he he runs outside. He's crying. He falls on his knees, and then he gets abducted, basically by yeah. aliens. Abducted by aliens. Yep. Um, by not just any kind of aliens, but space alien pirates. Yep. The Ravagers. The Ravagers. The Ravagers. Which I really like. The Ravagers. I just love. Yeah. I love the uh, Firefly esque nature of the Ravagers. Yep. If it, I don't know. I don't know if any of uh, how many of our podcast fans are Firefly fans? But I'm a huge Firefly fan, and I'm sure it will come up more, especially in the discussion of Guardians of the Galaxy. You've never seen Firefly, right, Jeff? Ever. Oh. I know who Nathan Fillion is. He's he's Captain Hammer. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> he is that as well. Um, and oddly enough, he was uh, Hermes in the most recent Percy Jackson movie. Oh, really? Yeah. That, that, now I want to watch a Percy Jackson movie. It was better Damn than it. the first one. I By a significant margin. I never saw either one. Okay. But that wasn't interested, and now I know Nathan Fillion's in one. I'm interested. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> Why'd you do that to me? I didn't mean to hurt you like this. <laughs> didn't mean to hurt you like this. <laughs> Sounds like a good... Uh... I don't want to hurt you. <laughs> what? Um, so... Gets abducted. He's taken to taken to another galaxy or whatever. I, I think uh, it's more than just taken across the galaxy. Taken across the galaxy. That'll work. Um, and he... Uh, to space. Jumps forward 20 years. He's now an adult man. Uh, and he still has his... Uh, his 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 Walkman. He's still listening to the music, which is incredible, by the way. Right? That that thing still plays. Okay, so <laughs> I have a little something to say about this. The first time I watched it, I just thought that was really cute. Mm -hmm. The Walkman thing. Still do love the. I, I'll give it to it because it it made the movie so great. Yep. But I'm sure they have technology to copy that tape. Right. <laughs> like. There's if the Walkman hasn't worn out, the tapes damn well sure have right? been. Right? It's only one tape. Yeah, yeah, the Awesome the Mix awesome Volume mix 1. Volume 1. Oh, gosh. And <laughs> Which, we're, we're, we're jumping around too much, but the, the end of the movie when he opens Awesome Mix Volume 2, right? I like, bawled oh. like a baby the second time. <laughs> that was his book. That was his up book. Yes, it was exact, exactly it. After I saw that ending, all yep. of the music for the rest of the movie like made me well up a little bit. So... Jump forward 20 years, he's wanting to rob this one ancient ruin 
He shows up on a ship. He's dancing around with his Walkman because he ain't got a cure in the world. <laughs> and he's stomping on little things and kicking the little <laughs> things, little which things. is hilarious. Like, why are you going to hurt the indigenous life like that, brah? <laughs> I was like, I don't know if he's a, a sympathetic character. Like, I, I can't, I I can't that he's go with him I love on that. that. But him just, like, kicking random, <laughs> like, small creatures. <laughs> like, yeah, they dove at him like they wanted to eat him. But, like, damn, dude. Like, yeah, dodge him or something. That's the only thing that made... There was such a fun fine line walk in that scene behind the I think it was humor. a fine line dance. <laughs> James Gunn danced on a fine line uh, in With that Peter scene. With Peter Quill. Because he, he just, there's these little monsters and it could make you not like the character, the fact, the way he's treating these little monsters, but he kicks that one. It's just like, what? But then the, then a moment later he's singing into one like a microphone. Right. Oh, it's so good. Oh, man. Um, Anyway, and he he gets to the temple. He opens the door. He, well, he picks the lock. He picks the lock, which he, I thought was pretty clever. Like I feel like in most movies like that, they have to search out a key, then they have to go to this ruin, then they, yeah. He's just like picking some. He's just like lock. I'm. I'm not. I'm not gonna search for this. I'm just gonna open it. What about that? The device he was using as he walked up. The uh, the device that made it look oh, the, like the, the scanner, the, like the history scanner or yeah. whatever. I, I don't know what I that want was. One. That's neat. I've I do not know what that is. I, I know, and they never use it again. Not as big a Guardians comic book reader as I um, as others. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know if it's from the comic book. If it is, yeah, somebody somebody let us know. Somebody out there, uh, come hit us up at a MCUcast at gmail.com. and let us know. So after after he picks the lock, he gets the door open. He goes in, and there's this little orb floating around. Later, you find out that it's got some incredible power in it. Yeah, one of the Infinity Stones. One of the Infinity Stones. Everybody knew but that nobody, one of the Infinity Stones was going to be in there. They didn't know which one, but yeah. everybody that knows about them knew. I don't really know much about the Infinity Stones. Um, uh, I, I do kind of now. I know Thanos, and I know oh, yeah. they they build with the Infinity Gauntlet and all that. Um, but but yeah, so, so one of the Infinity Stones is in this in this orb, and mm-hmm. basically the whole movie ensues with everyone's after this orb. Uh, Thanos wants it, so Ronan, his lackey, who is a the accuser, Ronan the accuser is a genocidal maniac off to kill all Xandarians because yep. of the Xandari Kree War. Yep. Um, yep. Which I loved. Uh, I've heard a lot of people talk about Ronan and how they thought that he was a thin character. But I thought that throwing just that simple, just a couple lines. Yeah, they're introducing so many characters in this movie. Yes, they are. they're introducing an entire galaxy in yeah, this movie. they really are. And the cosmic MCU. Yeah. CMCU. It's, it's, the CMCU. <laughs> um Law and Order CMCU. <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be the next Netflix series. <laughs> that's that's actually uh, it, all the Law and Orders flood into the Marvel universe. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Goo goo. Doo doo. So everyone's after this orb. Thanos sends uh, Ronan after it. Who uh, sends Nebula and? Gamora after it, and uh, so Gamora gets to Star Lord. They in- fight ensues, and while this is happening, uh, Rocket Raccoon and Groot uh, find their. Uh... Well, Rocket and Groot get a bounty. Or yeah, like, they find out there's a bounty. They on... get a bounty for for Peter Quill, Star Lord, because lo and behold, 
Guy raised by pirates betrays pirates. Yeah, well, see, they said someone wants that money for him. And I was curious if that was a bounty or if that was a reward that was being offered by Thanos and Ronan. No, no. Like, there, when he betrayed Yondu and the pirates, Yondu turns around and is like, put a bounty on his head. 40,000. Oh. It was okay. like 40,000, 40 million, 40 I billion. I didn't catch it. It was 40,000. It was 40, 40 of units. a large amount. <laughs> 40,000, because it's 4 billion units is how much the uh, Right, right. The 4 orb, billion is what the, the orb, orb is, is worth. worth to the collector. The co- Yeah. Benicio del Toro. Which, which was pretty awesome. The whole the whole collector sequence is pretty great. Yep. Um, so so he, he puts Bounty on him. Rocket and Groot are like, oh, God, Bounty, hell yeah, let's get some money. We'll retire after this. So basically it starts this three-way battle between yep. Gamora, uh, Star-Lord, and then Rocket and Groot working together. Yep. Uh, and Rocket and Groot want Star-Lord. Star-Lord wants Orb. Gamora wants Orb. Is willing to kill anybody in her path. <laughs> yeah. And Star-Lord just really wants to get away and sell it. And, to uh, the highest bidder. <laughs> Basically, they all get they all get their 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 uh, their punches in, um, but before before the battle can really resolve, um, actually, I feel like Rocket and Groot had it. Rocket and Groot had Gamora lying on the ground and Star oh, yeah. Lord tied up in an electric field of yep. some sort. Um, oh yeah, they were they were going to win that. They, one. they seemed like they were winning. Uh, of I mean, Groot lost, on Groot one lost one. his arms, so Groot grows back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but at varying speeds. He is Groot. He is Groot. Duh. <laughs> what do you think of Groot's character? He is Groot. He is what, uh, That says so much, though. Those three words oh, can gosh. say so much. The we are Groot made me cry. Oh, my God. Like, nobody's talking about that in any of the reviews that I've read. Really? Like, nobody's oh, talking think, about I we are Groot. I thought that was one of the biggest moments of the film. Wasn't it? Yeah. Like, holy crap. Man, that's that's crazy that no one's talking about it. I mean, they might be. I might have just read the wrong reviews, but <laughs> I haven't seen anybody talking about seen, We Are Groot. I, I, I actually haven't really read reviews. I've only seen like how much percent it's getting on like Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Which, 96 of audiences, oh. percent of audiences, 92% of professional reviews. 92? Of professional reviews. It's come down. No, it was 92 since it's opened. Mm-mm. Well, I mean, maybe since it opened, but like oh, okay. beforehand, it was 100% up oh, until okay. the day it was going to release, and one asshole was <laughs> like, I'm going to give it a, a rotten rating, <laughs> and it went down to 97 on that one dude. Oh, okay. And then after that, it's gone down to 92. Yeah, but the but the audience rating is 96, which is pretty high. That's incredible, yeah. Pretty killer. That's I mean, one it's, of the highest it's one of seen. the best Marvel movies to date. Like it's, it's some it, people yeah. have said it's the best so far. I am really tempted to say that myself. I love the Iron Man movies. Those are my favorites. Uh, what, what's your favorite Marvel movie? Uh, it's really close between the Avengers and the Winter Soldier. Oh yeah, Winter Soldier was great. Oh, yeah. I loved Winter Soldier. It really, I think it probably matched Iron Man for me. Yeah, um, Iron Man the, the the series one, two, and three. I I love all three of them. Um, I probably more partial to one and two. Yeah, but uh, but I, but I love all three. And Robert Downey Jr. Uh, just just sells those movies in such a great way. He really he sells the character more yeah. than than the movies, but he really worked with uh, John Favreau really really yeah. well in the first two. Yeah, yeah. And then when that new guy came in on the third one, you could tell there was a there was a rift, there was a bit of a difference. Oh, well, well, 
Uh, yeah, there's definitely a difference, but I yeah. really like that that director, and he's worked with Downey Jr. in the past um, on some other things. One of my, one of a really a really great movie called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah, yeah, great movie. Yeah, it um, was. And uh, and the, and the, and he directed that with Robert Downey Jr. as the star, of course. And uh, that that that. So I think there, there's. You mean Val Kilmer wasn't the star of that one? Yeah, <laughs> Val Kilmer's so weird. In that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. And I as I, I'm a fat man, I'll admit it. But it's it's weird to see Val Kilmer chubby. They're all captured. They're all thrown in prison. And just to give it a quick, well, we're by who? Delve into by all who? Novacore. The Novacore. Novacore. That says a whole lot yeah. right there. Nova is gonna happen. The hero Nova is going to happen. The core exists. What? What is the story behind Nova in the comic books? The, the, He's the a human hero. dude that is part of. A, it's kind of like Green Lantern. Okay. Apply Green Lantern to Marvel with those suits. Okay. Do they have the same powers? He's got the crazy, silly cosmic powers. I don't know that he's got like you know they don't have like power rings or anything. Okay. But part of like part of being in the core is that you can fly through space if you feel like it. You got super strength and and heat beams and just uh, uh, energy manipulation. I believe is what they call it. Okay. But um, he can fly. So and, what and does Nova, things? the superhero, have that the Nova Core does not? Or why is there a Nova superhero versus a Nova Core? Well, they're they're a core from Xandar. I mean, they're, they're basically the police force of Xandar. But he's kind of the um, scout unit for Earth. Like, he's he got inducted into the core and then is now part of the core. But he's, he's out there. He protects this side of the galaxy as far as, or like, as opposed to staying on Xandar and being part of the core. Oh, and he's from Xandar? I, I think he's an Earth dude. I think oh, he's, he's an Earth, Earth dude. I'm okay. pretty certain he's an Earthling. Interesting. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll look that up. Yeah. We'll, right now. We'll, we'll, okay, cool. <laughs> Go ahead, though. Um, we'll, learn, we'll learn more about that in a moment. <laughs> Stay with us for more on Nova. So they're all taken to prison. Um, they're imprisoned, which uh, was a really, really great escape sequence. Uh I'd already seen this sequence. This was the sequence that they showed at the 17-minute preview uh, a month ago, which was, oh, yes. was was great. I thought it was better paced in this than it was then because they had the cutaway scenes to Thanos. Yep. Yep. I, know, uh, I did notice that they, they cut away on those, and I was just like, that wasn't in the 17 minutes? Right? Oh, wait. That tells the story a whole lot better. <laughs> right. And it just... It just chopped it up. I felt like when I watched the 17 minutes, I got a little bored because it didn't jump around enough. I don't know. They they focus too much time yeah, on one thing. Too much time on one thing. They didn't move to another part of the story. I could see that. Um, I could see that. But it was still wonderful. I, I, I'm I'm not I'm not complaining at all. Um, but when, I, I felt like once the movie was put together, it was it was better. It was yeah. better. They also had the whole the whole Drax sequence. Where where Drax <laughs> threatens to kill Gamora yep. and Star Lord saves her, that wasn't in the seventeen minutes either. Yeah. And that was really been. key. Yeah, that was that was really key to the, the Drax character. Yeah, like in the seventeen minutes when he just shows up, I'm like, Who the hell is this guy? I know, I like, I know this is Drax, but like Surely they but must tell have been me who this else. guy yeah. is. Like where did he come from? Yeah, exactly. Like, did they meet the, him before? It's the MCU. It's not gonna be exactly like the comics. And so yeah. even if you're a comics fan, you're still like, Who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. Like Um yeah. So, well, he was like in comics. He was supposed to be um, created by somebody else. I think it was by the Titans Thanos. specifically for the task of killing Thanos. Yeah, which I, lo- and I love. It drives the- him nuts that he can't do it. I love the way that they uh, 
turned that for the MCU where he like was after Ronan who killed his family and then at the end of the movie he kind of became the Drax from the comic books because like yep. I now need to kill Thanos yep. <laughs> so it was a really nice yeah. nice touch they, when they changed it to being like Ronan killed my family I was like oh come on oh guys yeah come on I, I can imagine as a comic fan and, and I even knew that as a casual fan that yeah. he was that he was that's what that's what his purpose was and so when I was like yeah he's after Ronan that's strange but then they turned it at the end like oh nice yeah nice Ronan's save. just a puppet I need to kill Thanos I was like Okay, yeah, they brought it back. Yep. All right, they all life. they all hailed the king. Me. On, on that. <laughs> nice. Did you like that they little little tie-in? I liked it. I liked it. That was a good callback to something we never talked about. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've talked about it. We you, have. Talked you and about I it. have talked about. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's true. secret. He's whispering <laughs> in my ear again. Um, <laughs> when you're wearing headphones and someone across the room is whispering, it's just an uncomfortable feeling. How do you like it, Jeff? I like it a lot. Keep doing it. Damn it, you won. <laughs> Curses you, and drags. You, you drags, won, rather. You won the whisper chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I won the whisper chicken. And that's that's really all that's important in life right there. <laughs> um, so, in prison, when they... When, when they're... Doing their whole let's well, get together thing. While they're in prison, let's, let's talk about that Thanos scene. Yes! The the whole, like, you finally get to see... Straight up see Thanos. Thanos. I was not expecting that. I thought seeing the the other... Is that what they're calling him? Uh, it's it's always been, like, him, he... I heard, I heard a podcast he talking, calling power. him the other. His Whoever, uh, Thanos' is henchman. Um, oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, he's the other. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um yeah, I, I'd never, I didn't know anything about him except for he's one of uh, Thanos' shadow council. Okay, yeah, they're they kind of do his dirty work in the comics, like killing everybody. Like they, when they when Thanos <laughs> his dirty wrecks, work, like you know his laundry, his uh, <laughs> you know his washing laundry, his car and killing everyone, taking the heads of all of the firstborn of a race. <laughs> oh gosh, you know, that happened in Dang. the Infinity. Uh, no, no, just it was called Infinity a couple of years ago, but in the like in the first comic, the one of the uh, the hunters goes to find a little race that has sprung back up. You know, one or two or three or seven, seventy, whatever, however many survived. They're rebuilding their whole thing. You know, getting the clans back together. They're trying to like that whole thing. fix the world that they live yeah. on, and then. The other's like, oh, thanks, hunter dude thing for picking this out for me. I'm going to go back there. He goes back there and, like, destroys their champion and then, like, goes up to the king. He's like, hey, what's up, king? You know who I work for, don't you? And the king's all like, yeah, but uh, what about our champion? And he's like, you mean this champion? And he's got his broken sword. And they're like, oh, God, what do you want? And he's like, well, I want a tribute. And then when he gets back to Thanos, he's just like, I got the tribute for you, sir. Opens a box, all of their heads. Every single one of them. Like, that's the dirty work he does, is like mopping up a civilization. Dang. Thanos is, is evil. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I wonder if in Avengers 2, I know that we should probably save this for our speculation segment, but like, I wonder if in Avengers 2, Thanos is going to be involved in any way. Just mm. because, I know it's the Age of Ultron, but... I feel like Avengers 1, 2, and 3, 
I feel like three is going to be Thanos. Three is going to be Thanos. Three has to be Thanos. And in, in Avengers one, you have Thanos for a second after he. So he's behind the whole Chitauri invasion in uh, in Avengers one. Uh, so I wonder if like they'll have him in some way as like a, a dark uh, overseer of somehow helping Ultron come to power or something. You know, you know what I mean? Like maybe I wonder if that'll that'll like tie all three movies together, and then in the third one when they have to face Thanos, it'll just be you know the there's, big bad, the real big bad of all three movies. There's more speculation behind that that we can get into later. Yeah, we'll get it. We'll get into that later. Um, so they escape. <laughs> and it, what do you think Dude, of this, this escape very, plan? God, I need his prosthetic leg. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was the best. That was the best thing. I no, I didn't actually need that. No, I just wanted to see if you. What was? What did he look like? How funny was it with him hopping around like that? Was it hilarious? Tell me, it was hilarious. That was funny. But later on in the movie, when 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 he said he needed the guy's prosthetic eye, yes. and the guy looked so scared, and Charlotte was like, "No, no, no we don't need not. that. We, we don't, don't need, need it." And he's like, and "No, I like, do. I totally do. It's so important." He said to me, "He says it's so important to me." <laughs> like, <laughs> so good. Oh my gosh! And that that Bradley Cooper really made that character come alive. He did. He didn't sound like Bradley Cooper to me, which I, I thought was kind of great because I, I was, was kind of expecting to be like, "Oh, there's Bradley Cooper in that role," but he really right. like, like he, this he, is the Hangover, but with Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> Groot's just Zach Galifianakis <laughs> with those limb with that limb beard. <laughs> <laughs> So they they escape they escape uh what's the prison called? Oh the kiln. Jesus. The kiln. The kiln. They escape the kiln. The kiln. They mm. head toward head out and Gamora leads them to oh well, I guess we should talk about he he leaves his tape behind. Yeah, uh, at first one of the you guards thinking, has his tape. You're at first you're thinking like why, dude? It's it's literally a tape. You haven't copied that to something else by now? Like yeah. The hell. And then at the end of the movie, it's like, God, all this makes sense. Yeah, I still... That was his mama's. The the music... And I, I'm a musician. That's what I do for a living. Yep. And music means a lot to me. And so, like, that music tie-in of just, like, having music be this thing that... It's like this thing he's holding on to. It's his, his precious item in the world. His most oh, yeah. precious item in the world. The is, galaxy, even. In the, <laughs> in the galaxy is... is is this tape of music and and can you imagine losing the music and oh, God. That, you, that you love and never being able to hear it again? <sighs> well, uh, so they escape and uh, Gamora leads them to a place called Nowhere. That's K N O W where. You're like I know where that is. <laughs> In the head of a celestial. Yeah, which I don't know anything about celestials. Uh, Me either. There we go. I got nothing. Uh, we'll, we'll Wikipedia that and bring it to you next week. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have a follow-up segment in every single podcast of like these are the things that we didn't know about last time that we but brought we learned up about as them. far as questions. Um, like, <laughs> quick little recap of what we didn't know before. <laughs> uh, have you heard about Marvel Unlimited? By the way, Marvel Unlimited it sounds like I'm going into a commercial. Uh, it's basically Netflix for Marvel comics. It's you pay ten dollars a month, and it's like an app on your phone, and you can read 
tons of issues. Oh yeah, yeah. And back I've, issues of comics. I've got the Marvel Comics app, but I don't yeah. pay for it yet. Yeah, I do. Too. Um, I don't have the the unlimited stuff, but I've got yeah. all like every time they put out a free comic, I'm just like download. Right. Download. Yeah. Doing, I've been doing the same thing. Um, it's oh, which is cool, so and I'm, I'm really tempted to do the 10.99 and just like. Especially now that we're doing the podcast, I might like actually read some comics and kind of bone <laughs> up on some things. Um, but yeah, so they escape. They go to nowhere to meet the collector. Yep. Funny thing about nowhere, I actually I know this from <clears throat> Wikipedia. Um, I, funny thing about nowhere, that actually ends up becoming their base of operations yeah. in the comics. I knew I, I knew that. I, and, I knew that from before the movie. And when they went to the celestial head, I was like, oh, that's where. Is this their base now? Or it was, <laughs> instead, it was like a casino. Um, yeah. Well, it was... You know, I Maybe dr- they clean it up or something. I love I don't drunk, know. Dra- drunk Drax, which you cannot say three times right. fast. Drunk Drax, drunk Drax, drunk Drax. You can't. I can. I, I can't. <laughs> drunk Drax was really funny because he's already so serious about everything. And... <laughs> Going back to the prison, nothing goes over my head. My reflexes are too fast. I would, I would catch, catch it. it. <laughs> I was... love, I love Bautista's delivery on all of his lines. I did too. I, a lot of people, I heard people complaining about Bautista that he wasn't as good of a, you know, he's not an actor really. He's a whatever a wrestler. I thought he was he's great. He was. He's what? He's a UFC fighter. I thought he was a wrestler. I don't. I could be wrong. I was told he was a professional wrestler. It could be. I mean, um, that's all UFC fighters are anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> Same thing. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, thinking back on it, he probably is a wrestler, and I just wanted him to be a UFC fighter. <laughs> You're like, I don't want this movie that I want to love so much to have a wrestler in it. Yeah, like when the they thing. wanted Triple H to be Thor, I was just like, no. Oh, really? They wanted Triple H to be Thor? I think See, it was. That's a... Uh, that's. I feel like Batista, being a wrestler, if he is, which I'm, I'm finding out right now. Uh, yep, professional wrestler. Okay, cool. Sorry. Uh, in WWE, under the ring name, Batista. <laughs> um, He's so imaginative. Spelled differently. They took the U out. He's it was so like, imaginative. Batista. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, so uh, that, I felt like them going with a wrestler. I don't know if he's a popular wrestler, um, but it almost like put a wrestler in it. Maybe we'll get some a different demographic in to see this movie, you know, uh, and maybe they did. Maybe that's one of the reasons it was so successful. You know, I think that they were just like put a wrestler in it because he's been a bodybuilder for most of his life. Yeah. Well, he was so good. Yeah. I, I, I was scared he was going to be kind of a bad actor, but yeah. I feel like he did some of the most acting of anyone in the movie. Yeah. He was really, really uh, just really expressive in a cold way. He was he was the Vulcan of the movie. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't just he wasn't just the Vulcan of the movie, but he was. Like, he had the most expressive face out of anybody I've seen in film in a while. Huh. Because that's where all of his emotion had to come from. Interesting. Because his... You know, maybe that comes from being a wrestler and being on those big stages and yes. having to, like, make those big well, expressions. I mean, you have to make a big expression like that in that amount of makeup. Yeah, Because, like, true. without that, you got nothing. Yeah, that's true. And his, like, his facial expressions really showed that he does have emotion. He just, 
he doesn't understand sarcasm. Yeah, 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 <laughs> which was which was pretty great. It was kind it was, of it was, it, was a, it was a nice. That's why I call him the Vulcan. It's kind of like there's always there's always that character in in Star Trek that there's the character that doesn't understand humanity fully. Yep. And that's kind of what what uh, what Drax had with the whole not understanding metaphors <laughs> thing. How can you humans admire a man but also hate him when he's a mass murderer? Con. Oh yeah. Space yeah. seed. Right. Right. Intro to Con. God, I'm a nerd. No, I hear you. No, I I, I knew exactly what you meant by space seed. <laughs> it's sad. I wasn't even going to tell. It. We weren't going to say that to the listener. I was just going to like let it go by. I was like, oh yeah, space seed. Right. Um, <laughs> Dang, we're both we're both Star Trek nerds. I didn't even know you were a big Star Trek fan. I'm not. You just know Space Seed because it's the Wrath of Khan. Well, I I never actually saw Wrath of Khan. Oh, what? I've never seen any of the original series movies. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. You need to go I, back. Yeah, I'm gonna. I you just need to go back. It's late. There's, there's so it's much to late do. Right there's now, there's so much Marvel to watch. <laughs> yes, um, there is. How are we gonna? Ever... There's so much Marvel to watch and rewatch mm-hmm. and watch again. That's what I was gonna say. But uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was the most rewatchable. I think. Oh I, man, as I'm, I'm still. It's hard for me to say it's my favorite because I really love the Iron Man movies, mm-hmm. but I would say it's more rewatchable than the Iron Man movies. Possibly. You know, I've I've said it since I saw the movie. Guardians of the Galaxy was so good. If that movie came out before Iron Man or in place of Iron Man all those years ago, you know, six years ago, if it came out in that time span, people would still be this excited about Marvel movies. You think? It was that good. It could stand alone. I do think that it did. It stood alone in a way that the other, the uh, everything since Iron Man has not. Yeah, everything has had to tie into and lead into something else. But this one was just by itself. Like, the only lead-in that they got for this movie was that Thanos also exists. Yeah, that's true. I I do think that uh, Captain America was pretty standalone. Really? It was a period piece. Yeah, agreed. But that's kind of what I mean. It's like, well, no, you know what? It had Howard Stark in it, a pretty in a pretty prominent role. Yep. In a way that really was like, eh, Iron Man, wink, wink, Iron nudge, Man nudge. Too. Yeah, yeah. Yep. No, I just mean like, hey, it's Tony's father. Oh <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah. But yes, yes, uh, Howard Stark was an Iron Man too. Um, that whole sequence, and then there was the like, where'd you get this with the shield, or well, with the shield prototype. You remember when he was building the uh, the particle accelerator in his basement? Yes. And Coulson shows up and he's oh, like, where'd you so get good. this? He's he like, the... I need that. I need that exactly. I've been looking for that. Give me that. Mm-hmm. Why do you have this? I need it. Shink. Sticks it, it under the thing. That like, was the funniest. Yeah. Really, dude? Like, you have so that good. much just non-respect for Captain America? Like, damn, brah. So good. So good. And then we find out that Coulson is, like, Captain America's biggest fan ever. Ever and like that scene makes so much more sense. Wow, he's just like so just put off by that. Yeah, it's hilarious. So good. Um, so where were we? Where were we? <laughs> we uh, we were in nowhere. In nowhere. We uh, were nowhere. Drax, Drax gets drunk. Drax gets drunk as does Rocket and Rocket because they're being made to wait. Out. They're being made to wait by the collector. The collector finally lets them in, um, but they basically discover what the stone is and then through a nice little cinematic sequence yeah, there really really, really beautiful pretty. sequence a really beautiful sequence uh they find out what the stone is and what it can do and they decide that they can't let it 
they can't sell it to the collector. Yeah. Um, they take it outside, and then they find out Drax, in his drunken state, has called uh, has called Ronan. <laughs> Drax drunk dialed Ronan. <laughs> And uh, Ronan is on his way to destroy... Finally, I can meet my foe in combat and slay him. (laughs) I was so good. I was so excited to see Drax just, like, lined up with two swords in his hand with spaceships coming down after him. That's exactly what Drax would do, too. Like, that was perfect. That was so good. Um, (laughs) Anyway, they kind of get their butts handed to them. Yeah, Um, a little bit. Uh, Star-Lord saves Gamora's life in a really beautiful way. Yeah, risking his own uh, Risking to his do own so. by, by going out into space um, and putting putting the, uh, putting the his helmet on her yeah. so that she can live, even if it means him dying. Right after giving a call to Yondu, who yep. wants his head for 40,000 credits. Exactly. And he's just like, so he's I'm just out here, come get me. Completely risks his life. But I think, I think there's a little bit of a... He trusts Yondu in a weird way. Like he, yeah. Yondu's like a father figure to him, um, <laughs> in or a like weird maybe, way. maybe a weird uncle figure. <laughs> um, he's definitely no Ben Parker. Yeah, no, no, he's not. <laughs> he's no Ben Kenobi either. Oh. He's no Ben. There's no. There's, there's no ben zero Bens that are equivalent to Yondu. <laughs> he's just Yondu. Um, but he's he's still that father figure who's. He, he he made you know in a lot of ways he made Peter Quill who who he is now as Star Lord. I mean he made sure that he didn't get it. It's that's true. That's so he good reminds like, him so many people, times in that movie. People people don't think about eating other people. Like that's weird. You've been trying to get credit for that, and for to years. remind somebody of that every single chance you get. That's weird too. You've been throwing in that. Mic. By the way, uh, this scene, that scene we're talking about now. Once they once they're rescued and they're put on the Ravager ship, um, and they they just they they talk with uh, Yondu. The Ravagers, he says that uh, he, 20 years. He says, you've been throwing that in my face for 20 years. Does that mean he was picked up 20 years ago? Because if so, that means this movie was occurring in 2008. Because it said 1988 at the beginning. Which makes me wonder, just out of, you know, wondering, if this movie was ha- is happening around the same time as Iron Man 1. Um, oh, I I'm didn't wa- think about yeah. that. Of course, there's also the possibility that he didn't start throwing it in his face till a few years after. But <laughs> well, no, he at the beginning. Remember, it was 20 years later. Oh, yeah. and he's flying down to the thing. So it's 1988 in the beginning. So that's yep. And it was 2008, which is funny because that coincides with the first Iron Man movie, but also when the uh, the second actual Guardians of the Galaxy comic came out. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So that coincides with Iron Man film starting, but also quite, kind of funny how they, this, they put it in the... The second run which, of Guardians of the Galaxy 2008 comes out, which is the one that involves Star-Lord and all the other people. I'm not sure off the top of my head. Do we know what year it is in the cinematic universe on Earth? Not really, no. <laughs> I, want, I, I mean, it may have been said in one of the movies, and I just don't recall. Um, I think it's just been understood that it goes along with current time. Current time, yeah. yeah. Uh, but that makes me interested, because if they do end up intersecting with our friends on Earth, is it going to be... Will they have already been together like 10 years? <laughs> because 
if it's 2008. Uh, and then say they have a Guardians of the Galaxy 2 that jumps for It's supposed to be happening in like two years. Two or three years they're going to have a Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah. And then... Uh, I think it's uh, 2016. No, 2017. I looked, at, I looked at the Wikipedia today and of, of the MCU, and they have a, a release date now for... Doctor Strange and for Guardians of the Galaxy 2 which I didn't think was officially announced so that could be Wikipedia well I know bad, that bad Wikipedia editing I know that at San Diego Comic Con they they announced Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is going to happen in 2017 oh did they okay yeah that was before like that was before the movie came out but that was also before the Avengers 2 panel or just the general Marvel panel while we're talking about uh box office and things like that and movies release dates uh i looked at the um so we know that guardians of the galaxy for the first three day pretty much tied winter soldier uh, yeah at 94.3 million and, and uh um yes winter soldier made 93 or 95 95 95 yeah yeah sorry uh so i looked today though and the monday uh, Winter Soldier, the Monday after it came out, yeah. made $4 million. Okay. Guess how much Guardians made yesterday? How much? $11 million. Jesus on Christ. A on a Monday? On a Monday. That's huge. It really is. That's retarded. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> that is insane how big that is. So... It's already it's outpacing Winter Soldier now. Yeah. So I have a feeling I want it to beat Ninja Turtles next week. Ninja Turtles doesn't stand a chance. I don't know. You know what the no? Biggest, you know it what the biggest stand movie a of the chance. year was what? Uh, Age of Extinction. Yeah, Transformers. Transformers was the biggest movie only because Michael Bay put so much stupid money into it. But everybody in the world knows that the Ninja Turtles movie is going to be god awful. I don't know. I I actually don't know that. I am hopeful still. You do. Have you I seen do. any of the like extended trailers? Not really. You'll you'll feel it that after that. But see, I'm not that interested either. I'm not going to go see fair. it on opening week. You know. No, like, I'm not going to go see it either. I just want to make sure. I might that go see it at it's a five dollar. As, as I think it's going to be. I might go see it at a five dollar matinee. Uh, by the way, freaking Star Lord in the first scene of the movie made a Ninja Turtles joke. Did you catch it? Those soldiers. Had little shells on their back. Oh yeah, the Foot he, Clan guys. The foot, well, the, he had the he, they had little shells, mm-hmm. and um, Star Lord walked up and he punches him with the gun, and uh, Star Lord says, "Hey, watch it, you Ninja Turtle." Yep. Which I thought I was remember so hearing good that and liking that, because, but then the rest of the movie was just like, "Oh my god!" Because he disappeared in 1988, which yep. you know, like that's I was where five. his knowledge of Earth stops. Exactly, <laughs> and I love that he made a callback. To 1988 Earth. Yep. In the first scene, that 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 was awesome. That was so good. I um, like I like that he just he still holds on to Earth like that. Like 1988 is when it stops. He's never gone back mm-mm. for any reason that we know of. Yeah, that we, we know, know of. But like that's what he's held on to is like when I left Earth, this was what was awesome. Awesome mix number one or volume yep. one. And then when he opens off some mix number two, so so God, good. Heartstrings, heartstrings. Um, so Ronan gets the orb, uh, which contains the Infinity Stone. Ronan then um, takes the Infinity Stone out mm-hmm. of its case. 
which is dangerous, BT Dobbs. Yep, real dangerous. And then he grabs it, which we saw in the very pretty cinematic sequence. That is a very dangerous thing to do mm-hmm. for any life form that's not really powerful. I wonder why he was able to why he was able to hold it. Because he was Ronan the Accuser. Yeah, but he's a Cree. I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe Cree in general can hold it, but I I would I. He's always been a really strong Cree, like. He's the general of the Cree Empire kind of thing. Like yeah. the Cree, I'm taking this knowledge from like Mar- uh, Avengers: Earth's Mightiest Heroes, like animated series kind of thing. The Cree scout out a world. If they decide that the world is going to be not able to be controlled, won't be a part of the Cree Empire, is going to be a danger to them. Whatever, they'll try to destroy it. If uh, if a case is made by the person that's scouting it out, Marvel, Captain Marvel, uh, the case is made to the supreme intelligence on the Kree homeworld of, hey, these guys don't need to die, then an accuser is going to come down and judge them. Mm-hmm. But Ronan the accuser is this crazy fucking zealot that just decides, I'm going to kill everything. And he's he just deems them immediately unworthy, and that's the Avengers fight him. That's how it happened in the animated series, and They've been really good for canon, like as far as sticking to the original canon. So I'm assuming that that would pre that would be pretty solid. Cool. So he's like the really strong version of a regular Kree dude. So Kree okay. are already strong. Ronan's stronger than strong. So that's I guess that's why that he's able to just grab the Infinity Gem and then smash it into his hammer. So crazy. Uh, Which was nuts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so he. Uh, stabs Thanos in the back, and not, as does Nebula. not literally. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Yeah, he he he, he turns on Thanos um, and decides. And when he when he threatens Thanos, oh, I was like, oh, I want to see that. Movie. Oh man, I just want to see that movie. I want to see them throw down. I really liked Ronan in this movie. I thought he was. Yeah. I thought he was chilling. He was scary. Um, he was, and and the 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 real sort of real world like he's a refugee from a war, and he he feels like his 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 family was killed by the Zendarians, and he he's after them for that reason. Like all of that made gave him some reality that made him a real character to me. Yeah. Um, well, he just he seemed like that. Um, I don't want to talk about races here, but he seemed like that jihadist, like. Holy war, this has been raging forever, this is my city kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Where, like, you can kind of see it from both sides. Like, I mean, it's been a war. Like, yeah, you should been. deal with it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a war. But, like, also, that's been his family, and that bad blood doesn't go away instantly from a f***ing peace treaty. Yeah. I don't know. It made him a believable character to me. Yeah. Um. So... I agree entirely. They go on. Uh, they... Um, they convince the Ravagers to help them in a fight to go and stop Ronan. Um, <laughs> Star Lord calls ahead to Nova, the Nova Corps and gives them, as, as he calls it later, the Dick message. They got, he my, got my Dick message. He got my Dick message, which I just, I was just thinking of like Anthony Weiner or like uh, one of those some sort of political scandals. Vote for Carlos of. Danger. <laughs> <laughs> the right choice Danger. for the ladies of New York. Danger. Child, things are gonna get easier. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll get to that in a second. 
so he, they, he calls ahead to Nova Corps. That the scene where Cor- Corman Day goes in and talks to Nova Prime <laughs> and convinces her. <laughs> it's such a beautiful scene to me. It's Corman John C. Riley. Get it right. <laughs> <laughs> It, it's so good when he goes in there and he, I forget what he says. He says uh, he knows he's an asshole, but <laughs> he's, he's not a total he's... dick. And then she said, "What do well, you think? What do you think? Do you believe him?" Is well, he I don't help? think anybody could be like a hundred percent dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like he, <laughs> he's something like a. He's talking like existentially, which I think is so good. It's not like he's like because that's not his character. He doesn't answer the question really. He's just kind of like, I don't think anyone can be a hundred percent dick. <laughs> like, do you think he's telling the truth? Well, yeah. Like no. she put him on the spot like that, and he's yeah. But like before, it's well, I don't think anybody could be like a hundred percent dick. <laughs> That cracked me up so much. Um, <laughs> and then we find out Ronan is... It would be so easy to make that scene where the corpsman comes in and says, we're receiving a message from Star-Lord. He said he's here to help. You know, that could be so easy to make that scene. And then just end it like that. And that would be the end of the scene. It wouldn't be... And it would be so boring and unnecessary. Yeah. Or, or I, no, I disagree. It would be necessary because you need to know that Star-Lord is contacting the Nova Corps. You could have Star-Lord say that. Like, Agreed. We're going to Xandar. I call the head and I let him know that we're exactly. coming. You need some sort of exposition. But yeah. instead, they made this beautifully funny scene yeah. with like such subtlety in that when he, said, when he <laughs> says that line, it's so subtle and so funny and so like... And so oh, John gosh. C. Riley delivery, yeah, which really, is perfect. It really is. Oh man! And even he made me cry at the end of the second time I watched it. Oh, when, yeah, it when it shows when him with his family, his family and yes. he's playing "Ain't No Mountain High Enough." Oh, oh gosh! And all, and and I'm at that point. I'm actually like thinking about all the Nova that died that day, and right? he survived. Oh my god! Like I get attached family. to some of those characters, right? like the guy that's like, "What an what a bunch of a holes!" Like I was sad a-holes. for that guy. Yeah, I don't even remember his name. I'm sad for that guy. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I there was one scene where Rocket calls him Saul. I think uh, he or called some, him by his last name. Yeah. He calls him something, but it was weird because I felt like that was a little weird because we just never really see them uh, get to know each other on a named basis. Well, I think <laughs> I think at that point it's kind of them saying like Rocket accepts that these are people that he needs help from and that they need help from him and that they have to work together to stop evil. Like when he starts calling them first name basis, like with the core, like the mm-hmm. people who captured yeah, and yeah, ate yeah. him, like that's how, you know, like shit has gotten real mm-hmm. and rocket understands that he's not an idiot. He's, he knows that like, we got to work together and we got to get along yeah. and we got to do this. Yeah. I, <laughs> the, the, I, I get, we kind of glossed over it. Uh, we skipped this scene and it was one of the, one of the best scenes. And this is, this is a strength of this movie that the the scene where they're sitting and talking about the whether plan. they're going to go yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're talking about the plan and how he has 12% of a plan and and he's trying to convince them well, I am Groot <laughs> when, he, when he when he says uh, <laughs> I am Groot so what if it's more than 11% <laughs> so what if it's better than 11% what the hell does that got to do with anything <laughs> Um, that scene is so funny, 
and it's so touching and it's so like rousing and you just see them transform and they're all it's they, when they accept that they have to be a team yeah they have to be a team and they have to do something that, good that they're, was Coulson dying yeah 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 that was Coulson getting stabbed through the heart in this movie yeah 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 where they're like Guys, we have got to come together, or like the or it's universe the, it's is more gonna like the die. Scene right after that, when they're all like yeah, talking with the cards on the right. table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That exactly. Makes, yeah. Well, Gamora getting captured. Yeah, Gamora. Well, no, captured. Oh, uh, when? Yeah. Well, Gamora almost dying. Almost dying. Start, yes. Well, by the way, I glossed over My this. Bad. There's so much this movie I would love to talk about, and I don't want this podcast, our first podcast, to be like two hours long, but. <laughs> When he's finished saving her life, and they're and they're brought in by the little tractor beam, and they're they're dropped on the floor, and he says, he he goes into this super cheesy speech, but it doesn't seem like it's a joke. It seems yeah. like it's a genuine speech, and I was like, all right, whatever, I'll I'll, I'll give it a little speechiness. It's fine. And then it turns out, then they turn it into the best joke because he's just like something. I just saw you out there, and something came over me, something I I just have never felt before. I couldn't explain it. I just had to. Do something very heroic. That's <laughs> <laughs> something very heroic inside me. Something, something inside me. Something very heroic inside me. <laughs> and then she rolls her eyes. She's and like, just, "Man, to hell with this guy." The, their relationship was so good because there's obviously like a little romantic tension toward the end. But for the entire movie, <laughs> there's that moment right after he, she saves his li- he saves her life, and she's like wow, this man really risked his life for me. And then he just, like, completely undoes all, yeah. of, the, all of the groundwork he laid by just, like, overselling it. Yep. <laughs> it's so yep. good. It's just so good. But that's so Peter Quill. Yeah. Like, in the opening scene when he's... Or the opening stuff on that planet when he gets the orb and he's running away and he's flying away and some <laughs> woman's like, what the hell is going on? He's like, I'm going to be honest with you. I completely forgot you were here. <laughs> What do, what race is that? Who are the red? I don't people? know. I don't either. I was we'll curious because there were a lot of red of those red people. I mean, that was Corman Day's family was red people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Google, Wikipedia, remember that. Who are the red people? Who are the red people? We should have, so yeah, every week on the podcast. <laughs> oh my we should, god! We should have oh a no. Wiki, Wikipedia. <laughs> oh gosh! No, I just the worst thing came over me just now. Think about this, right? Cosmic Cube happened in. The uh, Captain America, the winner, or Captain America, the the first Avenger. Yep. Red Skull goes into the universe <laughs> to spread his seed. Makes a race <laughs> in nineteen forties. Sure, that's like sixty years. He could have that many descendants. He is the Red Skull. That's true. He is the Red Skull. <laughs> He's got that super seed. Oh, <laughs> spreading his seed over the planets. Red Skull. Um, so they, they, they come about, they come to the planet, they meet the dark aster in the air, uh, which is Ronan's ship, which was really neat. Just the throwaway stuff in this movie is so neat. They barely show that ship. And that ship was so intense. Ship was so intense and it like turned the way it like was like a Rubik's cube. Like it was a Rubik's ship. (laughs) It's a Rubik's ship. Yeah. Um, it was just so, so good. And they come come down to the Rubik's ship, they blast a hole in it, they go inside, um, they uh, they face off. That's when all this nebula business happens that we talked about. I really, really loved that. Yeah. Um, I, I like that he didn't let her monologue. I love that he didn't let her monologue. I love stuff like that. Have you ever seen a... 
No, you, you, you haven't seen much or Joss Whedon stuff. You ever seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer? There's a musical episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I've heard of it. It's, a, I haven't it's seen really it. great. Uh, I've heard of it but a lot. There's, there's a scene in that that uh, that I've always really loved. And there's a, there's a character, she's young, and she's kind of an annoying character, just just kind of just an annoying character. She's Willow? Like, is it Willow? No, no, no. no she, this Willow. is a young girl. Her name's Dawn. Oh. She's like 12, she's like 13, 14, Buffy. 15. They're all like in college at this point, and she's like a 16-year-old girl. Okay. And she's just kind of the annoying character on the show. Yeah, the little kid, um, like the mini-moon well, on the, Sailor Moon. The mi- <laughs> I, I am not familiar with mini-moon. Yeah, I shouldn't be, but... <laughs> The camera pans down on her, and she finally gets a chance to sing a song. Mm-hmm. And she goes, "Does anybody really notice? Does anybody really care?" And she looks into the camera like it's going to be a big her big number. Yeah. And then like a monster comes behind her and tackles her and takes her away. Jesus. And it's just like a it's just like it's a plot point that she gets kidnapped. But it's just like a great thing. Like they almost let her sing a really annoying song. Yep. <laughs> and then they just like, nope, we're going to stop that from happening. Just like Nebula's about to have this really big speech she's about, about how speechy. she's, she's going to have this monologue. Like every villain does. Oh, you, but you were the sister that I hated least. And, uh, we're sisters and we hate everybody. And yeah. we just got to kill each other. I really love Nebula's character, by the way. Yes. Yes, I I was I was impressed that she was she was just so much more interesting. She was actually a little more deep to me than Ronan was. Ronan had this kind of like that's his character. He is that character. He's kind of scary. He's but he he just had that 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 imposing awfulness mm-hmm. to him. He was the epitome of evil mm-hmm. as far as the main villains were concerned. I mean, yeah. Thanos obviously is worse, but Nebula is like jealousy of her sister and, uh, her like and the spitefulness pain. toward Thanos. Yeah. And yeah, there's a lot of pain when Thanos calls Gamora, his, his favorite daughter. And there's that pain, yep. that pain to look on her face. And she does such a good job of showing that emotion. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it, ah, oh, ah, oh. And then when she so when she gets broken and like get that after that explosion and she yeah. puts herself back together <laughs> and uh, I didn't really know what she meant the earlier in the movie she says <laughs> earlier in the movie she says uh, look what he made me or something like that and mm-hmm. she does she has like mechanical parts and things yep. but now I realize she's like she's mostly mechanical can't die it looked like and she looked like a zombie <laughs> it was real gross and I was just like. Ooh, I see. And Gamora is still just like a perfect specimen of whatever race she is, They're which I also don't still know. Still, just really hot. Oh, sure, sure. They're both very, <laughs> very, very pretty ladies. Um, uh, Zoe Saldana and Karen Gillan. Karen Gillan. I was going to say Amy Pond, but I knew that was wrong. It's the wrong one. That's, well, that's her, but it's the character. It's the wrong one. The character. She wrong plays. universe. Wrong universe. Nebula. Yeah, I was really impressed with Nebula. Um, and Thanos, I people have talked about how the characters are th- the the villains were sort of thin in this movie, but I thought they had great villains, and the th- they built three of them, two of them that are still alive and still kicking, and um, and, and well, I, that's I, all she can do now. What? After. That's all she can do is kick. <laughs> she lost her hand <laughs> uh, when she loses her hand and then lands. I actually didn't notice when I watched the first time. There's too much going on. I didn't notice that she got in a ship and flew away. Yeah. Which um that's that's exciting. So I thought that was a really great little 
pseudo Captain America Civil War comics kind of thing. Because that's exactly what he did. He jumped out of the helicarrier when Nick Fury wanted him to like be pro registration. He jumps out of the helicarrier, lands on a sh- on a um, a plane that's flying by, and the the pilot's like, "Holy shit!" And he's just like, "Watch your mouth!" and like tosses him out. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And then watch your mouth. Flies it to safety. Because Cap would do that. Oh, yeah. Cap's like, watch your language, sir. Watch your language. I'm from the 40s. Parachute out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so, big battle ensues. Yeah. Big battle has uh, the Nova been ensuing. Corps, uh, the Nova Corps, which I don't know... Is the Nova Corps only on Xander? Like that's that's its main base. That's its main base. They it looked are, like oh, they lost a lot of the Nova Corps. Well, that's one of their things. They're kind of Highlanders. Like when some of the Nova Corps dies, everybody else gets that power. Oh, okay. So the Nova. I looked this up just a little bit ago. Nova on Earth was just randomly chosen to be part of the Nova Corps. So they're like, "You, you're now one of us." And he's like, "Uh, what? Huh? Okay, I guess I'll do this." But. Hmm. In the Annihilation storyline, the rest of the Nova Corps is completely wiped out, and he gets all of their power. Oh, okay. So and when they then he's die, super powerful from that. Wow. Okay. So that man watching this movie, I could watch a spinoff of almost any character in this movie. Yeah. It's so 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 fun. I um, was so hoping that something Nova Corps related would come to Earth, and that would be the tie-in to Earth. I was really hoping they would do a tie-in to Earth, and yeah. they didn't. And now, I was a little worried for them, because I wasn't worried it was going to be a bad movie. I was a little worried that all the casual fans wouldn't even realize it's in the same universe. Yeah. Because they don't really explicitly say it. Even in the posters, they say, from the from the... Ne- from the studio that brought you the Avengers, yeah, they don't say, "Hey, in the same universe." Same universe, and I mean, I don't know to to, to non nerds like us, like it may it may not even mean anything to in the to say in the same universe. <laughs> you know, like it's kind of a weird. Like I get that, and I I look for that. I love I love deep continuity. It's one of the things that make draws me so much to the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. I love deep. It's why I like Star Trek over Star Wars. Um, sorry, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, why, it's why I like it uh, better. And it's not so much... When you when you look at Star Wars, you've got three three movies. We'll say three movies. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's, let's leave just, it at that. Let's just say three. Um, you've got these three great movies. Uh, but for me as a child, I loved like watching episode after episode and knowing these little bitty facts about all the characters because yep. Worf said this in this episode and then Picard said this and this. And I just love those tie-ins. Yep. And so, so, so for me, Star Trek was always the thing where you've got like six series and ten movies and, well, twelve now. It's <laughs> a lot of movies. It's a lot of Star Trek. Um, That's so much to catch up on. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. Um, but... but- uh, Going back to that Nova Corps, right? When they lost a bunch of people in that big fight, because Nova Corps wanted to. The whole goal of the fight, as far as being against Ronan in this movie, was to keep Ronan off the planet, keep him off the ground. Because once he touches the ground, his hammer hits the ground, the Infinity Gem activates, and then, or I'm sorry, the Infinity Stone activates, and then everything that's not him dies. Which is huge. Yeah. That's a lot of power. Absolutely. But 
their whole thing is to keep him away from it. And the way that they interlock the ships. That was so cool. How they make like a defense grid to just kind of wrap around it and then like push back against yeah. his ship. That was such a great sequence that just like they just kind of skimmed over like, oh, by the way, they can do this. Yeah, I love that. I love introducing I love that they introduced the Nova Corps and they gave them such a cool thing. And then they just destroy the Nova Corps. Like, <laughs> like, they just such a throwaway, amazing concept yeah. and yeah. cool thing that they can do. Yeah, but um, they didn't completely wipe them out. Nova Prime is still around. Oh, oh, oh absolutely. Like, I'm just joking. The yeah. core is still there. Thank the core God. is still there. And I, I don't know how big the core is, but I'm just saying they lost a lot of folks that day. They lost a lot it's, of people that day. Yeah, and I feel sad for all of them. Mm-hmm. But when when Rocket goes down to the surface, and uh, when the, when the Dark Aster crashes, they they try their plan fails. Well, it, their weapon that they use to destroy a uh, Ronin does not work. <laughs> wasn't even talking about that. Like before the Dark Aster oh, is oh, even oh, crashing, right, right, right. when when. Um, when, when Ronan is just like, you know what, this isn't going to work, or it's we need to distract them. Like, all of you pilots, all of my necro pilots or whatever, crash Kama- and... Kamikaze into the city. Yeah, kamikaze into the city. Like, enact plan B. Like, raise the city with your ships. And then Rocket's like, holy shitballs, we need to fix this. Everybody get down to the surface and just shoot up. Yeah. And then you see all the Ravagers doing that. It's like, oh man, they do have a heart. Yeah, like oh, they're not just pirates. They're like, they they want to help everybody. Yeah, I would totally watch a Yondu and Ravagers movie. Right, like that would. <laughs> I don't necessarily like them as people, but I, but I really really loved those characters. Uh, they were super fun. They were really fun characters, and I I really wish that I. I, I say that I wish that they built more on these characters, but like there was so much building that it had was. to be done on so many characters. They exactly. could not have fit that in there. Yeah, and Yondu's whistle stick. Right? What is that even? I loved that they threatened they threatened people with it so many times in the movie. Yep. And then he killed like twenty people in three seconds. <laughs> And you're like, oh, yeah, that is a threatening All right, so that's thing. a threatening yeah, device. It's, like, it's I didn't good. think that that was that bad before, but now it, yeah, it all seemed, right. It seemed like a small little knife or something, but no, it, it killed 20 people in, like, a matter of three seconds. And it wasn't even, like, it went between their armor or, like, hit their necks or yeah, something. That straight went straight through. through their chest plates. Yeah, it was cr- <laughs> Yeah, Yondu's, Yondu's a badass. I'm excited to see more Yondu, um, which he was an original Guardian of the Galaxy, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he was in the original, he was a founding member of the original Guardians of the Galaxy, like, 1969 team, who were actually, um, oh god, the way that they did that was so weird, they were like 31st century Avengers, but in space, kind of when, kind of when Kang the Conqueror was around and came back, and they also came back, um, they were trying to stop the end of the universe itself, Mm -hmm. and he was a part of that team. Like Yondu was a part of that team. If I recall correctly, either that or they picked him up off the side of the road or something. Yeah. But there were a lot of different weird storylines with those guardians of the galaxy before, like before 2008. And then just all of a sudden they're like, all right, let's make a unified story. It's going to be this. So I'm thinking that the ravagers might have been, the, the, in 2008. Well, like, the Ravagers might have been the Guardians of the Galaxy kind of devolving into the Ravagers pirate group huh. from before. 
speculation entirely. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I know that Yondu. I've heard uh, that in the next in the next Guardians movie, James Gunn came out today and said that uh, they're going to have at least one more Guardian from the comic book join the team. I know who that is. I know who that is. Who is it? I know who that is. Adam Warlock. Yeah. Yeah. They they've said Adam Warlock was in. You can see him in a green cocoon in the collector's collection. Oh, nice! In the Thor post-credits trailer or the post-credit scene, and in the the collector scene on Nowhere in the movie, cool. you can see Adam Adam Warlock in green cocoon. Now that's really awesome because Adam Warlock is part of the group of Guardians of the Galaxy that fought against Thanos when Thanos was going for the Infinity Gauntlet. He's actually the one that got the Infinity Gauntlet and beat Thanos. Nice. He's the one that could wear it and use it and was like, this is way too much power for one thing. We got to split this up, guys. Good Lord. Nice. That's a whole lot of forward thinking there. Yeah. Right. I, I just love I love how much they've planned these movies and how much they've put in leading to the next thing. Yeah. yeah. So good. So good. Um, well, uh, we're almost to the end here. So the one of the last one of the last things that happens is the, the dark aster crashes. But not after, before we are Groot. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> Rocket Raccoon. Uh, Which smashes just called Rocket ship. in the movie. Not really, yeah. They never call him Rocket Raccoon. But uh, Rocket smashes through the ship, uh, knocking, knocking uh, Ronan into the ship somewhere and killing both pilots of the Dark Aster, uh, which causes the thing to fall from the sky. And Groot creates a giant wood... Bubble to protect all of the uh, kind of a cocoon, yeah, kind of the little cocoon protective sphere of himself. A group bag. <laughs> uh, that doesn't that a group was, bag of protection. I was trying to say an, uh, like an airbag. It's a grutosphere. A grutosphere. <laughs> <laughs> but Rocket gets knocked out from that, and Groot, while he's making himself into this bubble, picks up Rocket with his roots and brings him into it. Yeah. And then Rocket wakes up and is like, no, God, no, God, no, Groot, you're going to die. This is going to kill you. He's going to absorb all the all the energy from the, from the and crash. He's, yeah, he's going to absor- absorb all of that just destructive force and then die. And yes, protect everybody else, but also die. Yep, and Ro- Rocket uh, crying there and Groot crying there. Oh, man. And Groot says, we, we are, are Groot. Groot. We are Groot. Oh, gosh. It's and, like, bad. aren't we all? So much, we all right? So much is said with just those three words. Yeah, like, it really is. Oh, he's. It's, it's, it's just the, the team is finally formed. We are one thing. He, he, it's, 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 I love you. That's, that's his I love you. It's, and I love it's, you. I'm always going to be with you. Even if I die here, oh, I'm going to live on in you. Like, mm-hmm. you will remember me, and I know this. Like, Oh my god. I'm so good. I'm wanting to tear up right now. <laughs> Anybody else want to tear up? I want to tear <laughs> Let's up. Let's just have a good cry. <laughs> Let's have a cry <laughs> party right here. What if we just had a This 10 needs minute, to be a segment what if we cry just had party. A 10 minute of cry on the podcast. <laughs> first episode. Well, the first hour and 20 minutes was pretty good. The last the last 10 was real weird when they just both started crying. <laughs> yeah. Um so I really uh, I really love that. When they crash, they land on the planet, Ronan is not dead. Well, that's to be expected. Uh, Groot is in shards everywhere. Um, Ronan is not dead. And, and 
And Rocket is so mad. Rocket is so mad and sad, and, and he, he he goes after Ronin single-handedly as a raccoon. No weapons, nothing. nothing. He just, like, charges. He's, I'm going to bite your face or something. <laughs> I'm going to eat your trash. So... <laughs> You better not have a bag of Oreos over there. That shit's mine. So I was on a I was on my podcast last night, uh, Pursuit of the Trivial. If you're looking for a new podcast, everybody, I have a podcast called Pursuit of the Trivial. Nice little plug. Nice plug. Plug. Um, plug it in. Plug it in. Plug alert. Uh, so on Pursuit of the Trivial last night, we were taught. I was telling. I, I brought in this story to talk about just the fact that Guardians of the Galaxy was just doing so well in the box office and how good it was. And um, the, 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 my two co-hosts were making fun of me. Uh, and they were making fun of the movie because they haven't seen the movie. And they, were, and they don't want to. They think the talking tree, talking raccoon thing is dumb. And so they started making fun of Rocket. And they were saying like that his superpower is going through the trash or something like that. Something <laughs> to that effect. And I actually got offended. Like, I, like a small part of me was offended for Rocket. I was like... <laughs> He's not a rodent. Stop he says calling that in the movie I know, repeatedly. I know. He's like, I, that's the thing. Like, I had not just like the reaction to be like nerdy and be like, no, 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 he's a sentient being. But like, I actually had the emotional reaction where I wanted to defend Rocket. I was like, no, 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 he's great. He's a good character, and he's a sentient being. He's a swell guy. <laughs> and how dare you call him a rodent? How dare he's you? He's not a rodent. He will shoot your face off for saying that. How dare you? <laughs> how freaking dare you call this man a rodent? He is a nice man. Because <laughs> he's a kid from the city, right? Yeah. I mean, there were so many comics where he was supposed to be kind of English, like Cockney accent. I thought that was just from that one cartoon. No, it was a couple of comics because there was the one. Well? There was one that I read that was um, Groot was a shard that fell to a planet that some farmer's kid found and decided to grow this shard of wood. Like he planted the shard of wood. Like, what do you do with a piece of a tree? I'm gonna put it in the ground and see what happens. Sure, that's Groot what I grows do. out of this thing. Makes sense because that's what happens at the end of the movie. But Groot grows out of this thing. The farmer's dad, or the farmer, not the farmer's son's dad, aka farmer, is like freaked out by this big thing. It's like holy crap! The farmer's son's dad, aka farmer. <laughs> so he freaks out, thinking like, "Oh my god, this big thing is gonna kill us! The, the like take the money away from our family, and son's gonna die." He pulls out a gun, is pointing it at Groot, and Groot's just, "I am Groot." And he's just like, what the hell is this thing? Fire shot, misses because I'm a farmer and I don't know how the guns work. <laughs> I am Groot. And then you just see a speech bubble. He's giving you a warning, mate. And it's Rocket. Because oh, yeah. there was this big space battle above this planet. So Rocket and the rest of the Guardians are like, hey, what's up, Groot? Let's go. And Groot's like, nice little dude that grew me from a pot. Thanks. <laughs> Like, pats him on the head, hands him a flower or something. That's awesome. Cool. So that's that's why he's supposed to be Cockney, but he's more kid from just, you know, central New York. Central city, wherever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but not the central city from DC Comics, of course. God, I hope not. That's not what we mean. <laughs> um, as... I, I grew growing up. I liked DC Comics a lot. I like um, DC animated stuff. Oh, I love DC animated stuff. I let's still not do. get into that. Though. Let's not get into it on this podcast. We've we've gone gotten into enough. Uh, but 
Tangent Central. Marvel is just kicking their butt now with all the with all the stuff. Uh, anyway, so we get the best scene in the movie. To yeah, me, right Where here. Rocket runs at him. Ronan just kind of turns his hammer, blasts him away, flicks him away like he's nothing. And then Rocket realizes he has to think harder, and he starts building something. <laughs> it's like he does. Like he does. He's like tactical he specialist. Does. Starts building some sort of weapon. And then, um, ooh, child, things are gonna get easier. Listen, listen to these words. Listen to these words. <laughs> um, and then Peter Quill starts singing and dancing and saying he's gonna have a dance-off with Ronan. You and me, he right tries, here. Let's he dance off right now. He pass the dancing to, to Gamora, and Gamora's like, no. No, I'm scared to death. As is any <laughs> this is reasonable not the time person. for this. <laughs> any reasonable person is scared. Do not dance right now. Um, and Ronan, and the what look I on love, Ronan's face. What I love about that. So good. What I love about that more than Ronan, though, is that Peter Quill doesn't just like pass it to her and go, oh, yeah, let's be scared. He's He passes it to her and he's like, all right, take it back. And, and he just keeps, keeps dancing. dancing. Keeps on dancing. <laughs> He's been trying to get her to dance the whole movie, and then he tries during the last battle sequence, which is so good. And the fact that the way that they balanced that scene between comedy, it, that scene was pure comedy, really, but between comedy and still maintaining the character of Ronan, mm-hmm. like the way Ronan responds to this humor, he's just. What? He's flabbergasted. Is like this? What is this guy doing? What are you doing, you fool? He's like, have a good dance off. Come on. Come on. <laughs> and then he's like, I'm distracting you, you idiot. No. What does he call him? Oh, gosh. I don't remember exactly what Something he calls him. Something turd. I don't know. It's such a, it's such a, <laughs> it's such a 1988, like, uh... Next time on MCU Podcast. <laughs> Next time. Anyway, so he's distracting him with a dance-off, and Rocket blasts his hammer. Yep. And Star-Lord reaches out and barely grabs the Infinity Stone before... It looked like a dive. It looked like a solid dive. Oh, yeah, no, he definitely dove. And that purple, just like, purple mist appears. blast of energy around him. Oh, so cool. And 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 Ronan's face during that, where he's just like, this guy's about to destroy himself with this yes yeah know your folly yeah exactly he, he looked like there's this this guy has nothing on me he, yeah. can't, he can't hold the infinity stone and then he holds it and he holds it for a few seconds and then gamora comes and grabs his hand and shares the shares the burden with him and then and the scene that they flip to in that where it oh, goes back right? to his mom oh yeah i and what do you what do you think they meant by that well, he didn't grab her hand before she died. Yes. This was his second chance. At first, I was thinking that it was like, grab my hand so that you can die, too. Like, yeah. Come well, to the see, afterlife with me. It was almost me. like they were giving him a choice. I don't know. I looked at it, I've looked at it a few different ways, but it's a very interesting scene, and I don't know what James Gunn was going for. I don't know if he was saying, you know, this is your chance to grab my hand because you never did before. Reach out and grab my hand, um, you know, in in some metaphorical sense and share the load with, with Gamora and mm-hmm. just like you should have let me comfort you back then or comforted me. Uh, that, 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 that's all possibility. There's also like she is in this weird spacey world reaching out to him and, and Gamora's reaching out to him in the real world and it's kind of this like Maybe he's choosing which hand to grab. Like, uh, but that's that's a, that's a little worse. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what. I don't know what exactly what they were going for there. It might. I mean, it might have been like a um, 
a breach between worlds kind of thing. Like your mom is a ghost reaching out to grab your hand, but in the same actual like physical space, Gamora is there. Yeah, reaching, reaching out. out to grab your hand. That's, or it could have been just completely such a, psychosomatic. Such a wild scene. Um, and and I love when when, when he grabs and then a. Uh, Drax grabs him, and then Rocket grabbing him should have been funny, uh, but I was so into it. I didn't even think it was that funny, the fact that a raccoon was reaching up with his little fingers to grab around Drax's one <laughs> finger. That's a really funny and sort of stupid shot. Yeah, but, but that's also, like, it's so deep. Like, Rocket has given himself to this cause. Right? Rocket, yeah. Dr- Rocket who is probably the weakest of all of them, Physically trying to grab on to 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 this to this chain of pain is just a really intense moment. And then uh, when the four of them together standing in that purple mist and mm-hmm. just like, oh, uh, he's like, what does he say? You said it. Uh, you said it, bitch. You said it. We're bitch. the guardians of the galaxy. We're the guardians of the galaxy. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Opens his hand and completely destroys Ronan. Um, yeah. So such a such a great scene, such a wonderful wonderful uh, end of the movie, and really really brought them together as a team. But also, um, I don't know, we just made them all such badasses. Oh wow! That sorry, I just looked up which Infinity Gem that was. Mm-hmm. The purple one is the Space Gem, according to Wikipedia. It's it allows the user to exist in any or all locations. Move any object anywhere throughout reality and warp or arrange space. Hmm. At full potential, it gains omnipresence or it grants omnipresence. So interesting. It allows him to be in any and all places at once. Could have been a metaphysical realm with his mom. That's right. That's true. But also Gamora at the same time. Yeah, that's a that's that's a good call. Interesting I'm, take on it. I'm a little. So far, they've introduced three Infinity Stones. Yeah. Um, the cosmic cube, the cosmic which, cube, the ether, yeah, and the purple one, the space gem, <laughs> whatever. I guess it's the space gem. Uh, but I, I feel like so far they haven't really gotten into what each of them does. We just know they're powerful. Yeah, we you just know? know that they're the most powerful things, like ever. <laughs> yeah, like like you just read that description of what the space gem actually does is supposed to do, and I I wouldn't have gotten that from watching the movie. You know, I would have just. It's just a powerful thing. It's a powerful stone, and it destroys life, of course, on a, on a planet. Um, anyway, uh, so did you have anything else in the movie you wanted to talk about? Well, the um, the ending where, you know, the, the Nova Corps has expunged their records, and yeah. he's, like, the Corman Day is just saying, you're free to go. But I have to caution you against yeah, breaking the law. Against further, uh, what what did he say? Against breaking the law again, or yeah, it, it was like, like further criminal activity. Yeah, and they were just like, "Well, what if <laughs> Rocket, Rocket right? doesn't understand why he can't steal?" Right, Rocket's like, Drax "What if somebody has something that, kill? that I really want? Like, I want it more than they do." <laughs> and he's like, "Well, that's stealing, and that's wrong." No, no, but they don't want... They don't really even need it. And I want it so I much more it, they do. You don't understand. I want it more. And then I think it's Gamora grabs him and pulls him away. Yep. And he's like, he's like, wait, me and this gentleman are having a discussion. <laughs> 
And then and then Drax, what if someone does something that is irksome. very irksome and I rip out their spine? And he's just John C. Riley. He's baffled. John so C. Riley is so baffled. He's just that that well, well that's murder. What which is like the worst thing the worst of crime possible is <laughs> so it's still illegal it's still illegal it's, huh and it's <laughs> and Drax wasn't even screwing with him like he didn't he just legitimately did not know he's like huh well <laughs> so good. you learn something every day <laughs> and so then good. Peter Quill's like I'll look after him mm-hmm. and he's you and he's like yeah me and it's like Change of character right there. You know that he is now a straight-up good guy, leader of a really yeah. good group of people. Yeah. And they're like, let's go guard the galaxy or something. Well, sort of good. Sort of bad. A little something both. A little bit of both. <laughs> what do y'all want to do? Me? Some good, some bad, bit of both. We'll follow your lead. I love that. All right, bit of both. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Um, so let's talk about some of these characters in the film. Star-Lord. Star Lord Peter, Star Peter Lord. Quill, like he started off being like very anti peta not very <laughs> you know creature friendly. <laughs> yes, he did. And, he was very anti peta and he was he was just this kind of pretentious dick. Well, not really pretentious, but just like self absorbed prick. I gotta yeah, be honest. I feel like completely forgot you were there. All of the guardians started out so selfish. Yeah, every single one of them did, but they all went through this big transformation. And Peter Quill, I think, probably had one of one of the bigger transformations because he went from being like space pirate, not caring about anybody to caring about everybody. Mm-hmm. He wants to save everything now. Like at first it was just I happen to live in the galaxy and I don't want to, you know, have yeah. it blow up. But then it was like we have to save everything. Mm-hmm. Like. And I have to do that because that's what I'm called to do. I just felt something inside me, something yeah. very heroic. Yeah. <laughs> like you said. <laughs> something so heroic. <laughs> what about Groot? What do you think about Groot? Uh, Groot, you know, I mean... We've talked ad, ad he, nauseum about Groot. But he is Groot. He is Groot. That's really all you can say about Groot. Yeah. Groot's always been a good guy, just always. He's just... He's very easily led by Rocket. Yeah. And they're good buddies, and you can well, understand you know, that. I feel that. I felt that way watching it at first, but the more the more you get into it, Groot tends to disagree with Rocket a little bit. Well, he's uh, the voice about, of reason. Yeah, he's the voice of reason. And Even kinda, though the voice only says, I am Groot. I am Groot. <laughs> I and am and Groot, exclusively in that order. In that order. <laughs> um, that leads us to Rocket pretty pretty, pretty clearly. What a... Yeah, I, I really I liked Rocket a lot. Um, I wanted I wanted to know more. I, I'd really like to see something Rock. I'd like backstory on all these characters. Yeah, like I want to see origin story of like what made Rocket. Mm-hmm. Like we got a little bit of origin story on Peter Quill. He got abducted by the Ravagers, but we've lost twenty years in there somewhere. Yeah. But I like, just looked at uh, the Guardians of the Gal- Galaxy wiki here or something, and it says uh, twenty six years later. Does it? It does, but in the movie they say twenty. That's why I was. I didn't see what they did. They actually, I didn't see that they actually had what I think they said on the thing. There was a number on there. Okay, see, I didn't. I didn't notice that. I, I just didn't... noticed what Yondu said, which was twenty years. Yeah. Or, or Peter Quill said to Yondu. 
Um, Next time on MCU. We've talked about the villains. I, I, I really thought all the villains were, were pretty awesome. Yep. Uh, Gamora... Gamora was a cool character. <laughs> she's she's in a group all by herself. Like the rest of the Guardians, yeah, mostly good guys, kind of looking out for themselves. But then there's the bad guys, and then there's Gamora, who was crazy for a bit. Yeah. Well, she was like raised by Thanos, right? Yeah. I mean, she said she she's the adopted father. daughter. She's the adoptive daughter of Thanos because Thanos killed her family in front of her. And then takes her in and raises her to be a human weapon. She was at that point. Don't know. We don't. Uh, definitely not in the MCU. We don't know. But I, I'm just curious if there's a. Um, oh, like if I'm supposed to have some comic knowledge yeah, that I, I if there's some don't comic actually have. <laughs> <laughs> read some comics, man, or read some Wikipedia. One of those two things. Um, you know. Well, yeah, I think we've I think we've really touched on all the characters. The Collector. We really got more of the collector in this than we did at the end of Thor two. I mean, um, yeah, because he had any screen time at all. Yes, yes, he had he had a little screen time. The one thing he did, which was really uh, indicative of his character, was when he was like showing off the Infinity Gem, and he did that weird hand motion. He's like, <sighs> he, just, he was like, so excited about he was having so something excited like that. About the Infinity Stone that he like shakes his hand and like furls them out in this like jazz hands sort of way. Yeah. Uh, it's like really weird and over over the top. And at first I was like, ooh, that was that seemed like a really bold choice for Benicio del Toro to like make that. that it weird seemed motion. like a it seemed like a bold choice for James Gunn to let that happen, right? Right. <laughs> but did you notice what Rocket did? Yeah, Rocket made fun Rocket of him for made doing fun it, of him, which totally like made that scene okay. Yeah, because like, when that, he did it, I was like, ooh, that's a little bit of a weird choice to let that in. And then like. Rocket make then you just point it out. Rocket points it out. Look how dumb that was. Yeah, <laughs> like and it's like, well, okay, well that's his character. He's kind of a an eccentric person. Which I mean, somebody who collects one of everything on the freaking in the universe is, is going to be a little one bit of eccentric. Is that his goal? That's, that's kind of it. I think. I thought he just like rare things or something. It looked like one of everything, but. He's a collector, and he's... I mean, most collectors are a little bit on the eccentric side. The co- Cosmo the dog. Cosmo the space dog. Cosmo the space dog was in there. Well, we, we haven't yet touched on the last thing in the movie, Uh-oh. which is Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. post credit <laughs> sequence. That was... I don't know. That that was just like a wink and a nod. Oh, yeah. There was no, like... I, that's I was not a little annoyed in. that that was the final, final scene, because right? I really wanted, like... Thanos, something from Thanos, or something about Star Lord's dad, or, or there's so much that I want more of from any of the other movies that are gonna come out. Yeah, yeah. I wanted, I wanted Ultron or something oh, like. Yeah, Ultron, something involving that, or um, even just like a, a tie-in to the next movie with like Adam Warlock coming out of the cocoon or something like that. Yeah. That would have been great. That might be happening in the background. I'm going to go watch it again and find out. But I want to see that. But still Howard the Duck nice little <laughs> nod and wink and yeah. you know. It was funny. It was definitely funny. I didn't expect it at I, all. At all. Um and that that was pretty great. So, uh, uh what would you rate this movie on a scale of Five, ten. Let's see, ten. Yeah, dude, this one goes to eleven. Yeah. Much, much like a lot of the other Marvel films. <laughs> wow, wow. See, I always try to reserve a little bit just in case 
something beats it. But this is really hard to reserve anything. It really so, is. so, so good. Um, the, <laughs> my favorite movie is Serenity, which is the Firefly movie. Um, I know you don't even know that because you're not a Firefly fan. Uh, I know what it is. I'm just joking. <laughs> sure. But uh, the Ser- Serenity is my favorite movie. And this movie really seemed to borrow heavily from Serenity. Um, I can see that. It's the, a space opera. Yeah, it's and and, and if you once you've seen the movie, which I'm going to make you watch, um, <laughs> it, it's it's a. Uh, I would say watch that before you watch any of the Star Trek movies that we were talking about earlier. <laughs> Those um, are going to take a while. Firefly and Serenity are so so good, and uh, Serenity has a lot of the same beats in it, some of the same characterizations, some of the same like. Just some of the same ideas, and, and some of the scenes are even similar. And uh, James Gunn has been working with Nathan Fillion ever since Serenity. Mm-hmm. He's worked on every one of James Gunn's movies since uh, Serenity. So I have a feeling that James Gunn is like a Firefly Serenity fan. <laughs> I think he very likely. I think he probably intentionally, you know, not he didn't steal anything, but like this this movie was inspired, I think, by Serenity. Very, it's kind of a. Uh, uh, I guess like a thematic successor or something yeah, like that. Yeah, an ode to. Yeah, there's definitely some nods in there. I, I heard Nathan Fillion was in this movie, which he was. Was he? He was. He played, and I read he played a thug in the prison that, well, a voice. He only played a voice of a thug in the prison oh. that, that, that Groot and Rocket beat up. And I'm guessing it's that blue thug. Yeah, the blue guy. The, the guy, blue thug. The like, guy I tried listening for it today because I heard that I think that's who it was, but they pitch modulate his voice. So you can't mm-hmm. really tell that it's Nathan Fillion, but he's um, same way that you can't really figure out what what's going on with Karen Gillan's voice and that. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah. she's just kind of weird and robotic, which you makes sense. Little, you at least get a little more talking out of her. Yeah, um, I was really proud. They did a great job of letting her be. All three villains in this movie, I felt like came through the makeup. They they their their acting showed up on the screen, which I was pretty disappointed in um, Thor: The Dark World when um, how uh, Malekith had almost no screen time. Is 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 that Malekith is the name of the villain, right? Yeah. Yes, no screen time, and then when he was on the screen, you just couldn't see anything through the makeup. You couldn't tell, and Christopher Eccleston was playing him, mm-hmm. one of the Doctor Who's, and uh, I love I love that I love his Doctor. Um, the ninth doctor i love him and uh i was very sad just not to be able to see a little more from him a little more from his character yeah he's a very expressive person and that didn't come through the makeup which i you know is a little disheartening yeah it's a little sad yeah. agreed i mean uh, the curse was more expressive than he was who was curse the guy that um put the thing in his stomach got or the whatever crystal in his Ugh, gut yeah that was pretty bad crazy. heartburn after that. <laughs> uh, I guess I guess I would give Guardians about a, I don't know, I'll give it a nine point five out of ten. I loved it. It's probably one of my favorite movies of all time. You know what? I'm gonna give it a ten. I'm gonna give it a ten. Giving it a ten because going all in. It is one of it. It is probably one of my top. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm always hesitant to give something a ten when it's so new because I might watch it six more times and start to get tired of it. Uh, but. It's it's on par with one of the, some of the best movies I've ever seen. It's uh, on par with the greatest movies of all time. Yeah, I but really think so. Then again, I am a crazy Marvel fanboy. Yeah, Marvel fanboy, and 
and just comic book movies appeal to me. It's definitely like commiserate with my interests. Uh, but like, <laughs> this is relevant to my interests. <laughs> but it's just, it's just so. It was so well done. So I, if if you haven't watched it, and you've listened to this whole thing. Shame on you, because uh, <laughs> we just ruined everything for you. Uh, but I hope every bit of it. Uh, I, let's let's all go see it again next weekend, and let's uh, and this goes out. This is for the podcast listener. Let's all go see it next weekend, and let's beat Ninja Turtles. That's my goal. Yeah, let's beat Ninja to hell Turtles. with Michael Bay I, bringing down my '80s cartoons. Right, I'm not a fan of uh, of Michael Bay stuff. I feel like it's so much thinner and less less character driven than uh, uh, than the um, Marvel stuff. And Mar- Marvel had two. In in the top three movies this year were two Marvel movies and one Michael Bay movie. Well, actually, I don't even know if he did the last Transformers, but it was still his. his it's his franchise. Yeah, um, it was. It's it's got his name on it. And his, and I want to see. I don't want to see another Michael Bay movie take, you know, take take the spot from Guardians. I want to see Guardians. I want to see Guardians for the whole month. Be number one. I want to see I Guardians really until see the end of the year. <laughs> be number one, but that's, I would love to see that too. That's but probably not going to happen, man. If if they could stay number one for for an, even just beating Ninja Turtles would be a huge feat. Yeah, huge, beating huge Michael Bay would be great. So I, it's a call to all the Marvel fans. Let's beat uh, Michael Bay. Beat Bay. Beat Bay. Hashtag Beat Bay. Bay. <laughs> All right. I like that that was so synchronous. Yes. We're right there. Uh, connectivity. Uh, interconnectivity. <laughs> interconnectivity. And it all comes back. It all comes back. Well, guys, this has been the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. I think we're done for the week. Probably so. Probably so. I think we're going to skip over. I think we're going to skip over the speculation because we've been doing that already. We did it the whole time. Uh, We're going to try to be a little more organized in future episodes. But this movie was so good, it made us jump around and talk about a lot of different things. Kind of excited Um, about it. We're very excited. So please excuse our uh, rantings. uh, But we hope you enjoyed our rantings. Uh, (laughs) Those of you who didn't, please excuse them. Those of you who did, we hope you enjoyed them because come back next week, you'll hear more of them. And to those of you who did, who the hell are those other guys, right? Like, what are they thinking? <laughs> Come rant with us. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. We'll, we, 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 I'm going to put a tag at the end of this episode with a, a phone number. If you want to call and leave a uh, voicemail, or if you want to email us at mcucast at gmail.com, or hit us up on Facebook, uh, search for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast on Facebook. Uh, we are at all of those places. And we would love to hear your feedback, and we'll talk about it next week on the the cast. Um, yeah, so hit us up. Peace. Thanks, guys. Signing off. If you want to weigh on this week's podcast, just call us at 573-CAST-MCU. That's 573-227-8628. Leave a message there, and we'll be able to use it on next week's podcast. Thanks for listening. Yeah, it's funny. A lot of guys that tune pianos are blind. You know mm-hmm, that? Mm-hmm. It's a very common blind uh, job. <laughs> Yeah, either that or like being a superhero in Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> but that was that was radiation. Was it? I really don't know anything about 
Uh, I don't know, actually. Daredevil. I'm sure it's different in different <laughs> incarnations. I, the, I, it's so sad. The most I know about Daredevil is from the movie. Exactly. Which, uh, <laughs> that's the problem. That's, that's no good. That's not... I can't... Better not say that on the podcast. Yep, yep. It's a good I'm thing gonna, we're not recording.